The views and opinions expressed on the LM Radio Network solely belong to those who make them and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the LM Radio Network or our affiliates and advertisers. Up next, Supernatural Realm, here's Montgomery Gentry. Welcome back to the supernatural realm. I hope everybody's settled in now. <laughs> Chip, you there? Yeah, I'm. I'm settled in, man. Okay, because I heard waiting I heard... for the punchline there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Supernatural Realm on a Wednesday show. The Wednesday. Yeah, edition. that's a that's a new thing. Yeah, you know? this actually, yeah, this week. Right. Yeah, seven and but, nine. I mean, we we had a we had a special episode last week. I think for the for because it was Halloween, right? Right. And. Uh, and I guess it, it worked so well that they said, you know, can you come back? And so here we are, you know. Yeah. We yeah, may we, be on standard time now, but uh, anything but standard here. We have exceptional programming for us this evening, Timmy. Yeah, we do. Our, our guests from yesterday, for our folks that missed it, have returned <laughs> with us, have been gracious enough, and uh, they're going to spend the first hour with us uh, this evening. So I'm, um, um, you know, yeah, at, at at least, yeah, we, we, at least, maybe the second hour. Who knows? Maybe the second hour depends how depending much depending on like what it. happens. Yeah. in that second hour. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and uh, tell tell the listeners who we got? Okay. Yeah. Uh, why don't we do that? Well, yeah, because uh, for those of you who may have missed the show yesterday, uh, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> really? Jeez. Yeah. No, it actually, Phenomenal. it was a really, really Phenomenal. good show. So much so we had to have them uh, join us at, at least for the first hour of the, the follow-up evening now with Supernatural Realm coming to Wednesdays on lnmradionetwork.com. Uh, our guests, uh, uh, at least for the first hour, uh, Anita Joe Intenzo and her son, Chris, uh, Chris Levis. So they, they, Anita has authored two phenomenal books. Uh, the first was called A State of Horror, and the second is the sequel to that called Dark Transference, really in regard to this, uh, this haunting they ended up having, you know, uh, once uh, Anita... Uh, decided to accept uh, a friend of hers offer to be executor or executrix, if you will, uh, <laughs> of their estate. <laughs> kind of a, kind of a, you know, if this ever happens to you, don't do it, man. Where are you now? And uh, and and the the story was uh, also featured on an episode of a haunting. Uh, 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 which uh, the episode called Portal of Doom really is the uh, one of the most uh, referred to in the entire series, and rightfully so. Um, and it, it could potentially tie into the second hour tonight, uh, considering whether or not our scheduled guest for this hour two shows up or not. <laughs> and this would be uh, the phenomenal Bill Bean. Uh, and it's good that, you know, somebody like Bill Bean doesn't need an introduction because I, I don't have one queued up at the moment. <laughs> but I think almost everybody knows who he is. We've talked about him, Tim, I think, in almost every episode we've had. Yeah. So it would be awesome if he, if he were to show up for hour two tonight. And even if not, I mean, uh, Anita and Chris are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And, uh. And just it, the way that they handled the, the, the story and the way they went about, you know, I mean, we listened to them uh, for for the full two hours last night. And they never went to the that dark place, you know. They never went there once. They could have. We gave them every opportunity in the world. <laughs> but they never did. They they really were so focused on 
on keeping the spirits, the history of these spirits alive, you know, told their, their stories objectively, you know, uh, and to our marvel, really, I mean, we, uh, you and I, Tim, mm -hmm. even after the show was over, spent at, at least uh, the half an hour after <laughs> yeah. talking about how phenomenal that was. We so, could, you know, might as yeah. well say it on air, too. Right? We could have easily filled five hours with these two guys. <laughs> I mean, it was it was wonderful. And Anita, Anita, Anita talks up a storm, and Chris was getting in there too, and it was just <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, we didn't yeah, have I to know. do That's hardly usually anything. me. <laughs> usually, yeah, usually the listeners say, you know, Chip, shut up. You and know? you were even quiet too, which is which is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like a, a night off, you know, because <laughs> you know it. it the, the only episode in Supernatural Realm history, especially on this network, where the listeners would say, maybe Chip should say something, you know, <laughs> <laughs> instead of Chip, shut up. Man. Yeah, Chip. We, we, we get to hear you a lot, so I don't know if that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think so either, but, you know, that's that's where my imagination kicks in. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, yeah, these, these two, uh, Chris and Anita, they're, they're wonderful people. Wonderful friends and, and great guests to have on the show. I, I don't know why I waited three years to, to ask them back on, but I did. So, well, you know, but all good things in time, right? And exactly. and uh, nothing like making up for for lost time, and in, in in the most ideal way possible. Because, right. you know, we we got to really catch up on on everything that could could have or did happen in uh, that three years worth of time. But you're right. I mean, what's wrong with you, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> you should know better, man. Anita yeah. and Chris, welcome back to the show tonight. You know. Oh, thanks for having us back. Man, we appreciate we're it. Back for round two. <laughs> <laughs> now, round two, that's where I go, yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. For, we appreciate that. Uh, you could uh, survive us from last night. <laughs> and ask oh, us back. piece of cake. Well, you know, probably the. Easiest job of my supernatural realm uh, tenure, you know, <laughs> because we, I mean, just so much, so many fascinating things have happened over the course of this, this experience for you guys. And, you know, I mean, it, I'd like to say it's hard to imagine, but you painted a very clear picture of mm -hmm. it. You and, know. and that's what this show is all about. It's, it's, it gives the guests an opportunity to paint a picture and, and pretty much write a book a vision of, of their story and that's that's wonderful that that uh, Nita was able to to uh, and to tell us her story which is really great yeah and she's written two books so even better and Chris right. has this gift I mean here's a guy that uh, has a future in uh, right. trance you know, right. being in a trance state, I, I, you know, look, we've talked to a lot of psychics over the years, right? A lot of mediums, a lot of paranormals, a, a lot of, a lot of people. And for him to and, be able to tune into the Akashic Record, that's, that's phenomenal in itself. Yeah, in a, in a trance state and come up with, uh, I mean, names of people that, you know, that, I mean, even people that, that had accounts of history of these folks were saying, where did you find out that, you know, it, it really is that kind of thing. So Chris has a future in that. A rare breed. A rare breed. No, well, that's, uh, I mean, I, I said to Chris tonight, I said, you should talk a little bit more about 
you know, what happens when he does have mm-hmm. these mutations and, you know, what the results are. So, you know, it has to be, in his words, like what, you know, what it does to him even the next day. It, it really drains him, you know, mm-hmm. from uh, mm-hmm. his energy. But, um, you know, well, I mean. Well, for that to take place, make sure your listeners wear the pens and have taken their heart. <laughs> <laughs> and and taken and the thing I planned ahead without even realizing. Yeah. yeah. Right? And taking the red pill, too. You got to take that red pill. No, I'm, I'm taking the depends, you know. Yeah. I, I, you got to get that fetal position, and you got to take the red pill. That's, that's mandatory. <laughs> well, well, what's so interesting is the diverse type of historical people that we weren't really, you know, up on or had maybe studied, and then these names come through, and then we research, and and there seems to be some type of connection or it would be maybe a link to either what my friend had done as far as profession or what it was connecting to us but it's still so strange to um to, you know, to see the names that he's written down and the people that have come through um and it doesn't even have to be at our house i mean he's had situation where he was on vacation and had uh, a child come to him and when do you want to just mention a little bit about that chris like how that was for you well i can i, I was going to talk about mostly about the uh mm-hmm. with the one with the the guy and the dog oh pretty yeah. much was which was the most vivid one out of all the dreams mm-hmm. um but we could talk also about the the, the kitties too that that, that yeah. seemed to want to um come mm-hmm. to me and either play in my room because i got all kinds of you know my room looks like a five-year-old lives in there anyway with all the toys and everything else so they probably enjoy that more than their wooden or tin toys they had back in the past so mm-hmm. probably seeing all the cool stuff that has come yeah. down and, you know you can imagine they've probably never seen a nintendo before no so, i mean that would bring me back from the dead i think <laughs> yeah, well. you know like just the figurines of you know like like monsters, aliens, and so I mean, you should see when you have to go dust in the room. You know, that's yeah. that, that takes you that whole experience right there. Yeah. <laughs> the dust. But, see there, Tim. That would have been a great opening song. You know, dust in the room. That <laughs> <laughs> was dust in the wind. Dust in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> well, but wind, I mean, room, tomato, tomato. You know. Well, yeah. mostly with the kids, they would. Um, uh, they were they were uh, twins apparently that had been in the uh, in the in the in the house for a while, and they were just letting us kind of know that they were there, and they were kind of like caretakers for watching over, um, I guess kind of what was been there before. Like since it's an old property, an old house, they uh, they like to oversee kind of things as like uh, kind of like night watchmen, so to speak. Right now, is this uh, your house or or the estate over our house? They said they like they oversee the the grounds and the house. Now, for what we've come to understand from later on doing research, that um, we we come to uh, uh, I guess you find out that they're mm-hmm. supposedly buried uh, behind our um, the the first shed that's that's right in back of the house because we have a mm-hmm. a shed that's that's not very far back in the uh, backyard and then we have one that's like way down the hill yeah so apparently they're they're either buried behind or buried around this first shed and you know we haven't gone looking because if I if I dig and pull up a little kid's skull I'm 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 putting the house up for sale right mm-hmm. so and, and look I mean especially if you have like a lawnmower in there or something yeah, so I mean like, says do the lawn he said I'm not going near that shed you know because yeah. of 
because of those two, you know. But uh, but in relation to that shed, it seems like that was a a a, a core uh, problem for some of the uh, paranormal activity mm-hmm. and some of the stuff. Because the uh, the the one uh, the one of the most vivid dreams that we have, and that it's also featured, I believe, in my mom's book that she wrote this about in the yeah. second book mm-hmm. um, about that we found out who this was. But uh, I, I had a certain dream one night to where. I had wandered into the backyard. I don't know where you know where I'd started from, but I'd wandered into the backyard and saw this man uh, in the in the corner of the shed. We had like this wood pile that was like right by the fence, so it was like kind of caddy quarter to the shed. And he's got this old kind of uh, oil drum, and he's throwing things into the oil drum, and he's burning them. And you can get this. I got this real nasty kind of like you know, you know. Burn, burning leaves or burning uh, something, you know, something you shouldn't really be burning mm-hmm. um, outside, and you can get like a real kind of like foul stench from it. But he was he was throwing stuff like a piece after another into this uh, this oil barrel, and he had his back towards me, and I walk up towards him, and he had like kind of like dressed like a farmer, where he had like overalls, mm-hmm. like um like like a like a straw hat or like brim hat, and he had this. A dog that was kind of like laying down on the grass next to him, like this big, um, this big black dog. So it's like something, man, you would not really want to approach, you know, being like this. The, the, either the dog was going to bite your head off, or maybe he was going to throw you in the barrel himself and 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 do away with you. But what going over towards him against my best judgment, I guess <laughs> he turns around and doesn't really say anything at first just kind of like looks at me kind of like what are you doing here like why are why are you here gives me like this look and i kind of like get a couple words together saying you know who who are you like you know um are are you are you a resident of this property or like trying to get some information out of him and he just says a couple words saying that um uh, trying to figure out like through mumbling almost of his words saying that um his name was uh, John Stanton and that he had just either murdered his wife or had, uh, it was either, I guess that, that evening or maybe it was a couple days or whatever it was, but it was in the time frame of where it was, it was completely uh, an event that had just happened. And I guess he was doing away with the evidence in that barrel, either he was burning her clothes or maybe even burning her to try to get rid of the evidence and I'm like, uh, okay, like, why are you telling me? It's like, I, you know, I don't, I don't know who you are. And he didn't really give me an answer. Just kind of, kind of said like, you know, that, it, you know, that, uh, that that he was there and he was just, you know, I, 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 who he was and what he had done. And then the, um, the dog kind of like looks up at me and starts kind of snarling. And um, that's when I start like to try to back away. I was like, yeah, I don't really want to be here anymore. And the dog kind of like leaps at me and I fall backwards onto the grass and he's coming over top of me and snarling and you'd feel like the dog's hot breath. You could see his like real red beady eyes. I don't even know what kind of breed of dog it was, but it was just like one of those big black wolf dogs. And mm-hmm. I almost grabbed, I grabbed onto like where his uh, collar was because let's try to stop his face from being in my face. And then um, I guess it's like, as he was trying to like either like try to, either breathe on me uh, more or, or try to chew at me. And that's when I woke up, uh, from the dream and then completely just like, you know, waking up from that. Like it feels like the wind had been knocked out of you towards almost, you felt like I had fallen, 
you know, uh, on my back onto the grass, like for real. And the strangest thing was that when I looked in my hand, I had some black fur was in my hand. So I don't know if that was the dog, I, I assume. I don't know how you could bring stuff out of your dreams. I thought that was only in movies like Nightmare on Elm Street type stuff to where if you grab on something, you could pull them out of a dream. But there was some kind of like fur or lint type of, um, you know, product in my uh, in my right hand. So and we never we never really got it like to look at or see what it was. But we I think we have it saved probably in a bag somewhere in a, in a little Ziploc bag or or something maybe i don't know if we're still doing or not i i bet if you research it heavy you know then you'll find out it's some of my chest hair yeah, <laughs> i have a i have a i have a theory chris what that could be you no. said the dog had red eyes correct mm -hmm. it could be a hellhound yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i was thinking mm -hmm. yeah sounds sounds very familiar too yeah, because it was like he had like kind of a protector. Like the the man, I'm I'm assuming probably did go to hell because for you know whatever he did. So I mean, it could be like maybe the minion or whatever was with him that was kind of like this is what he's carrying around in the afterlife type of thing. Well, what was, might be attracted well, to. Well, that him. was not even really the first time you had seen him because you had said to me there was the man in the backyard that had the dog and the dog was barking at our neighbors next door. We had um, a rental next door to us um, and two people living there had two little dogs and for some reason I mean in the backyard these dogs are always barking at our backyard mm -hmm. and no one else would be out and it just got to be such a problem where the woman would just bring the dogs in the house then she's like, I can't stand this she said these dogs want to go out but then when they are they're just looking over at your house and always barking well then Chris tells me one morning that he had a dream and that was the first time you saw the man with the overalls with the dog well, yeah well we didn't mm -hmm. know who he was at that point it was mm -hmm. just where he mm -hmm. was walking around the backyard with a dog yeah and you could hear him that he was he was screaming at the the dog saying that stop those dogs from barking at my, my beauty. beauty yeah or whatever yeah. like i don't tell them those you know, yippers or whatever they saw you, something that we didn't like you know um and the bet you know that this was a apparition uh, you know Mm -hmm. Or maybe walking around the backyard, the dogs are sensitive to that, that they can, mm -hmm. that, and then, you know, having a dream to, to correlate with that, it was just, but, it was but, crazy. But that, that, this is, we've had, um, our, our next door neighbors, we've had quite a few different people living there. Um, an elderly lady who had been a good friend of ours when we first moved to the property, she had passed away. The house stayed empty for about a year. Then they started bringing renters in the family, which they should have just sold the house because the house was fine. But mm -hmm. It would be a series of renters and two different times when we had renters, they would happen to have like two dogs. And for us it was like, oh my God, here we go again. And the dogs would bark and bark towards the <laughs> ship. And, 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 you know, I would go out and almost hesitate because I didn't want to look like that. I was starting something. The dogs would look at me and start barking. But then when I wasn't even in the backyard, they were barking. And again, the couple would apologize and say, you know, I got to bring them in. I don't know what they're barking at. And I said to Chris, I said, God knows what these sensitive dogs, you know, are, are seeing in the backyard because mm -hmm. telling me you see a man who's dressed like somebody from another time with this big dog. I said, they might be sensing that, you know, and mm -hmm. also near the shed being that we've had, um, you know, investigators. Uh, we actually had uh, several 
of my team go at the back of the shed, the front shed that we had. And this was during the summer of uh, 2000, I think 10 or 11, when I was writing the second part of the book, the second book. And I asked them, I said, you know, do you ever do any grave dousing? And they said, yes, we have people that we have the equipment. Would you like us to do that for you? And I said, well, Chris has an idea that there might possibly be uh, a grave or two of children mm -hmm. in the backyard, but um, I'm not going to tell you where he pointed out. I'll let you guys do your thing. So in the process of an afternoon, three different members of the team went with their dousing rods and each one individually without the other ones knowing where they were going would go and mark the area and write it down, then come back, hand the rods to the next person that went on for the three people. Then at the end of it, they all got together and we all stood around. They said, okay, where do you think this is? And every one of them pointed to the same spot. And then Chris said, yeah, that's the spot. And, and what there is, it's uh, in back of our property. We do have a lawn, but there's also a lot of trees and shrubbery. And that area doesn't get very disturbed. It's usually part, it's an outlining part of our big backyard. And it's been like that for many years. And there is a really big depression that's almost a grave length that you could see that as you know we've had a lot of rain and through the years there is a depression and one of the mediums told us she said there, there's two children buried back here and i think they're twins and then also he she did not know that chris had had a dream where these two young children were mentioned and also the caretaker who i mentioned last night marjorie she apparently was the caretaker with these young children and separately um, my agent, my, my good friend and agent, sent another friend of hers who was a client of hers. Um, he was a psychic medium, and he happened to stop by my house on his way to visit his grandchildren um, that didn't live that far from our neighborhood. And he said, look, I'll just stop by and don't tell me anything, but let me just go through your house and let me see if I pick up anything. And the thing he picked up in the basement is you've had children through here that used to maybe have a school in the attic. But they died suddenly. They don't even know that they're dead. And I go, oh, here we go. There's another validation, you know, that we've had several people now tell us there could possibly be, you know, these spirits of these children. And we do have children doing mischievous things through the house. Um, one of their favorite thing is to do, I'll watch TV, and all of a sudden, like, my glasses look really foggy. I pull my glasses off, and there's children's fingerprints on my glasses. Wow. They love fingerprints on my glasses on my coffee table like on my mirror in the bathroom the downstairs mm. mirror in fact i've left the handprints and the fingerprints for bill to see um when he comes next week because he says really again they're doing <laughs> it again with the fingerprints i said yeah every so often you know i take pictures i document and then i have to wipe it off because it just it's the strangest thing to see little fingerprints all over you know and i don't have any little children or grandchildren to come and visit it's just my son and i pretty much there and you know you're you know you clean with windex on your glass top table and then a week or two later you know that you just happen to get maybe an angle and go wait a minute there's fingerprints on there again <laughs> yeah they, oh the upstairs mirror the day after our portal of doom uh premiered and it was december uh, 28th was it hun? on the 2014 the day after at, on my mirrors in the upstairs bathroom there was such a big weird handprint and uh, like fingerprint 
way up from where you would even open up your mirrors. It's way at the top. And I took pictures of that. And I said, I'll be darned. Look at this. Look at these fingerprints. And it was right after the day after our show aired. And um, I, you know, I documented that. I have that in some of my blog. Just the fingerprints alone that I've photographed and, and show, you, they don't look human. They, they look kind of skeletal. But there's also multiple where you'll see more of an adult-looking type of handprint and then tiny little prints over top of it. It's like they're all vying for attention. And Bill has told us, he said, mirrors are portals. And mm -hmm. he said, you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of uh, portals through here. <laughs> and, and they're fingerprints. And it's I didn't know ghosts or entities or anything could leave fingerprints. But darn if they aren't clear that you can even take a picture of them and you can see them on, on the mirrors. So wow, that's yeah. strange what we have at the house. Yeah, that is a good point, how mirrors are portals. You know, every time I look in a mirror, I got a whole bunch of ghosts come and say, dude, I feel so bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> have to go out of their way to do that. Um, yeah, uh, on that, though, I, I do have a question because last night when we were talking and you were mentioning, Anita, that, you know, Chris has either these uh, trances or, or dreams where he will come up with names and dates and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, case uh, point here, this John Stanton, the, the farmer that had just admitted to, to killing his sweetheart in this dream and that the hellhound and the whole thing. Even before we get to the kids, because last night, I mean, you had names and dates that uh, dated back to uh, uh, just post-World War II Germany mm -hmm. and some uh, people from a, a resistance that you had names and dates of. Even went to the Simon Wiesenthal Center, if I remember correctly, and they said, I don't know how you guys could get this information. I mean, it was hard for us to get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they came up with that. I guess my, my first question for Chris in, in that regard, especially uh, uh, to tonight's point, and I should mention before I ask my question, uh, a lot of these are listed in the second book, Dark Transference. Actually, has a website all its own. <laughs> go to darktransference.com it's the sequel to the first book called a state of horror which also has its own website too and that's uh, anita joe intenzo the author of these two books chris is telling us that he is in the midst of writing his book uh so in that regard the question uh back to the farmer uh, who you named as john stanton i don't know if you mentioned an actual year that that traces back to uh, but did you get like the the time period in which uh, he did this? Yeah, well, we didn't know, but you found out what data was. It was the mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It was uh, nineteen hundred nine, nine in the early nineteen hundred. Yeah, um, Chris um, had told me about this man, um, and he he actually came to you. I think was it second or third time. I finally gave his name because then. That was, the, that was the last time with the dog would, would, yeah. uh, would actually... Oh, yeah, with the... Have, yeah, that was the last time. Well, what what happened was I was doing research with the um, in our county, and by I was actually looking up more for the children because Christopher gave me um, the child's name, Benjamin Foster, mm -hmm. who I wasn't aware of, but they're only two blocks away from us is... It's called Foster Track, and it's a child's playground, and apparently that was the grounds of a foster farm that I'm in that area and uh, and he a uh, little Benjamin Foster when was the one who was coming to you mm -hmm. about giving you warnings but he was telling about he didn't like the bad man in the basement and this shadow man that I had seen 
that I said to Chris, could it possibly be this is that man that you tell me about that you've seen in your dreams or he's come to you. And when I was doing the research, um, I was looking more for the children and going in the orphan court records that there were there was um, a young brother and sister. Um, it was James and Rebecca mm -hmm. that had passed away on the property. And I think yeah, it was Benjamin was actually there first and then he left. And then the, the twins the are the twins, ones that replaced yeah, them. Yeah. Because I, I guess he was old enough to where he was able to be the quote unquote caretaker of wherever was going on. And then, then these two were able to come and mm -hmm. I don't know how it works in the spiritual world, yeah. but whatever, whatever they were doing, I guess they were, they were new tenants. The, uh, yeah. or they, the, the, they the, the, the boy and girl, they showed up after uh, Benjamin mm -hmm. Foster left. But, so. but as I was reading, I came across then um, a old newspaper article and here it was talking about um, this, the family that was one of the well-known farming families and how this man John Stanton had murdered his wife. Apparently, I don't know if she had been unfaithful or he, in his paranoid, thought that she was guilty of some crime. But then he tried to cover it up. But the authorities got to him before he was able to finish burying his evidence. Because remember now, all this area where we're living now, um, you know, only uh, in 1922, it was still like the foundation of the house we have our house built into. It was all just torn down it was a foundation and apparently after this man committed the murder and went to jail um then the house went in disrepair because there wasn't anyone left in the family and the house <clears throat> excuse me well, must have been torn down because uh, a neighbor of ours showed me a map from 1922 and he said geez and he said there's just a foundation that shows on this map and it's all trees that your house you know where your house is now so then it wasn't anything built then until 1947 when our Cape Cod house was built by the owner that we bought the house from. He was the only owner at the time. But the house, but the property, as I said, has been several hundred years. And it's only been, it was the um, David Lewis family in the 1700s, and then it was the Stanton family in the 1800s during the Civil War, mm. and then probably up to when this horrendous act occurred and then the place went into disrepair and from what i understand people did not like to linger near the property they would walk pretty fast by that um and that's only because uh one of the young men who was helping us um about i guess in 2010 we had to get some siding replaced on the house that had been asbestos and we had that all removed and had new siding put on and one of the fellows was doing construction his father grew up in the neighborhood and told us about how the our property people did not they would like maybe wander on and maybe if they're going to have a drinking party but nobody would like to stay if it got dark because they were afraid of ghosts coming after them or the police oh maybe the police coming after them that's even probably more <laughs> wow well, that know. would scare me yeah, yeah that would scare me but yeah the police because of um i found out later in the back of our property there's sealed manhole covers. The township finally did this, but they were part of Civil War tunnels that oh. the kids would, if they had a party in our backyard, um, they would then, with the police were being called, they would go down these tunnels, this manhole cover, <laughs> and come out three blocks away. The police could never catch them. Wow. So finally, when I moved there, I had a, an elderly resident stopped and you know made his acquaintance, and he's told me, he says, I just want to let you know, I had those back 
the manhole covered sealed by the township. I go, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? Because oh, I used to be uh, there's some more tunnels back there and the underground part of the underground railroad. He said we didn't want to make sure the kids they used to get back there and God forbid you know, they're going to get collapsed those tunnels. So they finally did that, but. This was all news to me. I said, boy, this is crazy that we're finding out, you know, living at this house that little bits and pieces, you know, people are telling me about the property. Plus, when you're just digging up, planting flowers, you're finding pottery, pieces of uh, flow blue china. Um, Chris found a piece of an old uh, 1800s clay pipe, um, piece of, you know, a piece of silverware, an old, old, old spoon, old, old spoon yeah, old you know. So, so when it rains really hard, the property, like it reveals some secrets, you know. Now we haven't found any gold yet, so unfortunately, <laughs> haven't had a hidden fortune we find. But we found bits of all kinds of pottery, fool's gold maybe, fool's gold, yeah. But but pottery and it's own, like our own archaeological dig, you know. And I have little jars of all pottery things through the years that we find pieces of glass, and uh, it's pretty amazing, you know, that you know this is an old property. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm just looking up John Stanton. He was a Secretary of War. In 1862, the Civil War. Huh. So that's interesting. Did they say since you looked him up? Because you know, I, I mean, it's it's odd how people, you know, for years and years, even though there was nothing but foundation, mm-hmm. you know, back at, in that day, that even people wouldn't really go near the property, and it kind of begs the weird question of the night, which is, yeah, you know, I mean, back in that day and age, you know, especially if they found him guilty of of uh, murder, they would hang him. Mm-hmm. And but I don't know if they would hang him on his property where the crime was committed, or if they would make it a, a, in a public square or at a police quarter a headquarters. Oh, that's oh, isn't that weird that you said that, Chris? You got to tell him about that dream, you, but that showed the hanging person in the bathroom. Well, that was his wife. Is that his wife? Yeah, I, I, we we come to believe that later on through a series of other dreams that uh, he may have uh, what's now our bathroom. He may have. Hung her either from a rafter or the uh, part of the uh, shower that was in the, uh, well, like, or, or, yeah. or, or at least tried to. Like I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think she. Uh, I think the thing broke, either the beam or the rope broke, and she she wasn't fully dead. And I think he tried to finish her off, which was like a wash area. He tried like because there was a a dream where it was like somebody was getting drowned in the tub area. Obviously, it wouldn't have been a tub there that you know at, at that point in time. But it's like the the residual part of what you know what's there now. So and, and that's but that's the, what we've come to figure. And, and my upstairs. So maybe bathroom, he got hung too. Who knows? Maybe yeah, he got hung in the town square. Yeah, but but the bathroom upstairs, which I and mentioned, you got scratched is, a lot. I've in the got bathroom. scratched a lot in the bathroom um, while I was taking a shower which actually shows in Portal of Doom in the yeah. episode, I'm taking a shower and I feel a searing pain go across my chest. And it wasn't like somebody was doing, it sounded like from the inside. that. And I got out and there was this huge scratch across my chest. And I had never seen anything like that, but that's what started me worrying. Like, this is something that's not benign anymore. It's, it's getting really serious. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've been scratched on the stomach. I've been scratched on the face. And I've had... Where they try to attack, you know, they've got scratched you too. But scratch me in the basin more. But, but up, you're yeah. upstairs. But but our, our one of the psychic mediums who visited us upstairs, she was actually she was also scratched. She and she said, "This is there's some really bad stuff going on in this bathroom." But yet at the same time, we are the, the first time, and it was three women, myself and two other women from the team. We started smelling a, a very floral fragrance of like roses and lilacs and it just permeated the air. And she then said, she goes, 
you don't have an air freshener here in the bathroom. I said, oh, no. I said, there's something downstairs. I have a little vanilla th glade thing, but I don't have anything up here. And it followed us. The smell followed us downstairs into my art studio. And the women could still smell it. And then it was like she said, that's when she picked up. She said, it's a female spirit. She's from the Victorian times. And she got the name Marjorie and said, Nita, she's a guardian for you. She's watching out for you. And that was, I've never, I know when they say when you hear the, when you smell that, it's mm -hmm. almost the sanctity or something of very good because mm -hmm. there was no menacing thing. But um, mm -hmm. darn, it, we were just three, four women that afternoon and the smell would just follow us. And then finally, as the three women left and I hugged one of the women and it just like smell became overwhelming and it was actually in our clothes. You could, you could smell our clothes was saturated with the smell. And then that afternoon I went to see my mom who was very ill and I would be the afternoon relief to, to be with her on a Sunday. And she only lived a couple blocks away. And when I went there, she was telling me, she says, what, what, what's that new perfume you have on? And I said, mom, you're not going to believe this with this. Yeah. And it's Eau de Marjorie. Yeah, yeah. Ode Mar and, uh, she said, and she could smell it. I'm sitting on a couch, and she's across the room in her lounge chair, and she could smell it. And then I just said to her, I said, well, it's either it's still on me, but Marjorie maybe came with me, and she's saying hello to you. So my mom just she just thought that was great. She goes, well, she says, that's good. You know, and she said, take care of my daughter. Don't you let anything happen to my daughter. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. that kind of like that's the way just like my mom would take it and nobody got really frightened and it, it's it's a to me i feel privileged that if it is a, a spirit of a positive nature that she is protecting me that she looks out for for my son and i and also my friend who's deceased that i know that he recently came to me um on halloween um the night and and just told me he was giving me a warning but he also said how much he missed us and you know he loved us both and you know and then i woke up with just such a clear memory of him you know mm -hmm. facing me knowing that yeah he's still around and he's mm -hmm. still you know and then that morning as chris went out to work there's a statue of an angel that's outside on my on my front patio and it's near a little light and the statue's quite heavy and i bring it in when there's going to be a bad storm because i don't want anything to happen to it and it was my friend's statue but the statue was turned over when we when we went and he went out that morning he goes mom your stat the statue's turned over and i said i'll be darned i said that's got to be that's paul he's just letting me know yeah that i was i did visit you last night and mm -hmm. there's a proof because that's his angel and i always keep it outside as as a guardian for us so so i mean there's just so many coincidences. There's no coincidences. I, I know it's it's synchronicity. It's the way things, if you're open to it, you'll see the signs, you know, that and people try to shut that out, I think, because they're afraid of mm -hmm. what it means. Sure. But being that Chris and I tend to be open and, you know, in a sense, like, okay, if this happened, why is there, there's there a reason? And, you know, and I take it as, you know, a positive thing. and I'm not frightened by it at all. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to me, sound to me, that there's anything negative in your house. You know, every every once in a while you'll get a scratch just just for mm -hmm. one of them letting them, them know that you know letting you know that, that they're there. But other than mm -hmm. that, I don't think it's anything negative. Chip, what were you gonna say? Yeah, I, I was gonna basically say what you said, just in in different wording. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean they're they're seeing a lot of affirmations mm -hmm. rather than, you know. Uh, 
I mean uh, hauntings or, or negative attacks and, and sometimes these scratches you know uh, for those of you listening who uh, didn't have the opportunity to join us last night there there was um, this estate belonged to uh, this friend of Anita's who was a, an anthropologist and he had some items from Egypt and, and Peru and uh, some Native American artifacts and, and things of that nature. So, uh, and the, the friend and ended up having, um, I believe it was a heart attack, but it was an instantaneous death. And, and at first he didn't know he was dead. His mother and father had also lived in the home and died there. So there was that family. There were these artifacts in a lot of stories tied into all these artifacts, which brought spirits of different kinds. But the, the, the scratching and, and any kind of negative activity didn't really start until they started bringing contractors in the place and moved some of these artifacts into their own home, you know, to keep them protected. And that's when the spirits started saying, you know, just, I think started being concerned about their own history or the, the history of them being kept alive like they were when this anthropologist was, you know, active on their behalf. And uh, when these contractors started uh, changing things around in that home, that's when a lot of these uh, attacks started coming. And, and it seemed like almost a, a desperation thing mm -hmm. <laughs> as if to say, hey, what are you going to do with our history? It might not be up to you, you know, right. you, you know, we can basically trust. But, you know, I mean, if, if you leave it up to, you know, governments or something. <laughs> You know, local governments, you, we don't know where we're going to end up. And, and, and But here you're talking about affirmations, and you've, we've seen a lot of affirmations between, you know, things that Chris comes up with in, in, in his dreams or, or trance states where he comes up with this remarkable history, you know, names and, and dates and descriptions of people that, you know, otherwise nobody would have known would be even near the place, mm. let alone attached to it. So, and, and that's a, a beautiful thing, you know, we said it last night, we'll say it again, you know, it's not every day that we hear a story that has really evolved into two tremendous books and uh, one of the most popular episodes of a series uh, called The Haunting, uh, where you're not really taking any activity as negative, you're being objective about it, you know. It's not always positive. It's not always negative. It is what it is. But people generally, when have that opportunity, <laughs> uh, you know, usually go there. You know, yeah. they'll, they'll go to the D words. You know, demonic and mm -hmm. uh, the devil and and uh, evil and 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 you've never really gone there. And at the same time, in your books, Anita. And uh, and the Chris, the things that you come up with, you again, even regardless of these artifacts, keeping the history alive of these people, mm -hmm. you know, keeping their memory in the forefront of of the living world. That's rare. Yeah, not, yeah. not, not a lot of people would do that or take on no. that responsibility. So, yeah. Well, you know what? I think it's um, unique because of my longevity of friendship with this particular family, and also with my friend. And then to have this carry over after they have all gone and mm -hmm. there's still remnants of of them or they're trying to get in touch with us or letting us know, you know, almost sometimes really funny way. You know, mm -hmm. the, I mean, I mean, you, you could be in the my friend's basement and there was a red skein of 
wool because my friend's mother used to knit and <laughs> it had knitting needles still stuck in it, you know, and it almost looked like she had started something, a little, maybe a scarf and had just left it. And it would be, okay, guess where the red yarn's going to be today? Because this thing would move, it would be in a different place in the basement, you know, anytime that you were looking or as you're actually moving things, you know, I go, wait a minute, wasn't that the yarn over there now it's over there and, and you know that and it would be that with with pictures flying around that the pictures would be in a box that we would secure and then a half hour later the pictures are on the floor you know 50 yards away or some and it's like wait a minute the, these pictures we put away and i used to get mad at chris saying wait a minute didn't you pack this stuff away he goes they they left it out again like it would have to be where you thought you were going crazy after a while because you're doubting your sanity. Like I thought I just packed this and then <laughs> the thing would just be opened up again and they're out. And I go, I, you know, I can't deal with this. I mean, how many <laughs> times to do this over and over again? And, and that would be where the more that we got frustrated and you're getting stressed and I, and then you could see escalation going on. Mm -hmm. And now we look back, we understand the pattern, but at the time, you're just trying to get the job done. I said, let's get this. We're here you know, for 10 months at this house. I've got better things to do than go putting away somebody else's trash or things that they didn't bother getting rid of all these years. And then it's just a repeating where they're making it harder and harder for you to keep doing this. And yet, you know, you're struggling. You're still, I don't know, I'll, I'll be darned. I'm doing my, this job. I'm getting this done. <laughs> <laughs> now, until then, as you ha hire contractors, you know, and then they're finally coming in and to even have the day that I had these two interested contractors come in and they are going through where they meet, they, they would come to the side door, which was a little porch, going through the kitchen, a galley kitchen, then going into the dining room and living room, trying to make the whole circle to go and see what the layout was. But to actually have them in front of you as you're moving, and then you look in back of you and you hear some noise, and hear <laughs> hangers from the basement being thrown up into the kitchen. It's like, ha ha, you know, <laughs> let's make this fun for you. And I'm looking, oh, geez. Like, what then to see the stuff was being thrown up from the basement because maybe they wouldn't accept the house. Mm -hmm. So, oh, oh, you have to excuse me. I'm just being a little messy. You know, let me put these. <laughs> right. It's like, cut it out you know like would you cut, would you cut it out please yeah. I, I mean it just got to be where there was just this constant like just aggravation like you know let's mm. see how much to break you down and and as i say if it wasn't for chris and if it wasn't for you know some of his friends helping that it's you know i don't know how i look back and i still don't know how we got how through it. yeah you know, we did it because you know when you saw the place at the beginning and people walked in and so I go, holy, like, like, are you serious? You have to take, you have to clear this place out. Yeah. And I go, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And, and Chris said to me one day at a time, like one pile at a time, mom will get it done. And God bless him. Mm -hmm. I tell you, I don't know what I would have done without him. So look, I'm putting a good word with you, Chris. Well, <laughs> yeah. <right>. No. <laughs> yeah, the contractors didn't want anybody there, apparently. Or the spirits didn't want the contractors. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. They didn't want, I mean, they, they gutted they the place. Yeah, and you know, the weirdest thing is we went back to see the place. They did a beautiful job restoring things, especially the water damage that we talked about last night, that they had to refinish the wooden floors, um, made the basement, which was, you know, that was our 
you know, living hell down there, and they made it into a media room. Well, it was beautiful, but yet they kept a side room and what was the laundry room, and they kept this old workbench that belonged by friend's father. And I got, Chris said, boy, that's a bad idea that they're leaving that bench in there because we didn't have very good, we, we, we had some trouble with this workbench because things would be thrown from it. And he says, I don't know why they're leaving this here, but, you know, good luck to <laughs> so that's why we were in the house, you know. We we went. Oh, you guys did a great job. We're going, you know. Yeah, goodbye, yeah. you know. And that type of thing. But yeah, it was. It's just so um, ingrained, and it's it's part of our lives, and it's it's changed us tremendously. It sounds like another good TV show in there, you know. Because what what really attracted my wife to this story was, be, uh, and we haven't formally mentioned it uh, tonight. And again, for those listeners who. Didn't have the good fortune to hear us last night. Uh, when when she took the position as executor or executrix, if you will, of, of the uh, of the will for this anthropologist gentleman, there was some hoarding uh, that had taken place, uh, uh, you know, prior to her knowing about that. So part of the the, the agony of of uh, you know clearing these rooms was that they were really buried in in hoard. So, you know, and, and of course, not only was it one of the uh, all-time uh, best-known episodes of A Haunting, but, you know, you've heard of the show Hoarding Buried Alive. This could be a <laughs> show called Hoarding Buried. Buried yeah. and Buried. <laughs> buried and Hoarded. Buried and Buried. Under First episode of a, a whole new series, yeah. <laughs> and they Haunt could keep the title Portal hey, of Doom. Yeah, haunted, <laughs> I got it. I got a name. Haunted Hoardings. Haunted <laughs> Hoardings. Oh, there you go. I'd watch that. Uh, I, I, I would trademark that one, Timmy. <laughs> I, I mean, I actually wrote the blog concerning that because, you know, what could be that you're hoarding so much? And as Chip and you have both brought up, like what was attached to all these Mm -hmm. many, many souvenirs and artifacts that he brought back from his travels. And it just was a smorgasbord. You're like, they must have loved it. Oh, we were all together. <laughs> and then, like, you get me coming in as an outsider. It's like, what is she doing here? You know, And, uh, oh, she's taking all this stuff away. And, and I just said, I, I mean, I would just put my hands up in the air and go, look, I didn't ask for this. You know, <laughs> you work with me here, please. You know, that, you know, but it would be just, I mean, how about, Chris, when you were filming, and you were in the bedroom, and the door slammed. Yeah, that was a good day. Yeah, we have slammed. That was a good day. Yeah, <laughs> slammed right in my face. Yeah, yeah. I was screaming like a twelve-year-old little girl, like down the hall. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that was that was scare the hell out of you. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, things would, but when the doors would close, like say suddenly, and you go to touch the doorknob, it would be frozen. Like you know, the doorknob—it's not locked, but mm -hmm. the the knob won't won't move. It and it's a different feel that if it were locked, because sometimes the handles do jiggle a bit. This these are frozen. You can't move the the, the doorknobs at all. And we had that happen. Well, one time that you got locked in the house and the door—I couldn't open mm -hmm. the door. Then with your friend got separated from us and the doorknob was frozen. <laughs> and was, uh, I mean, it, it was. You, you did, you're like waiting, like, okay, when are you going to open this door for us? And you're stuck there, and then, then all of a sudden it would open. Or you'd see a trail of soda straws being thrown like pickup sticks, like almost like a little trail, like, follow us, you know, with like, I go, like, this is ridiculous. Like, what is this? <laughs> this is game time. And we just knew they love 
really messing around with our minds. They mm -hmm. just loved it because they knew we were reacting, that we were like looking at each other saying, you know, how much further is this going to go? And then, you know, then it just got more and more dark as more items were almost completely gone from the house. And they knew it was up that, okay, you know, they're all going to be leaving here and then almost doing an all out assault on us with that water problem and, you know, the toilet breaking, you know, out of nowhere and, and the water coming down from the first floor into the basement. I mean, it was like a last ditch effort. Like, you know, we don't want you to do this, but at the same time was we got to get out of here because we just can't do this anymore. And, you know, as I said, by Halloween, I said, there's no way I'm going to be in this house by Halloween. Like we have to get this place sold. And luckily the contractors came through and bought the place and then sold it. Like, um, I guess about eight, six, seven months later. But, um, you know, we were just so glad to get that, that we didn't have to go to the house, you know, the next day, or that was such a big relief. But then we had a two month law and then things just happened, started at our house and, uh, you know, we, we knew it wasn't over, you know, which, you know, that was the biggest surprise at all, you know, cause your home is a haven mm -hmm. and you don't, you could go to his house, but you can come home away from it and feel safe. But then it starts in your home and then you're really mad and angry and in warrior mood that you're not going to do this in my house. I mean, I'll, I'll be darn if I'm, you're going to scare me out of my own home that I've worked so hard to keep. And, and that's where, you know, that's the battle that's gone on, you know, since when things transferred into my, our house and, you know, it, it has its moments, but it is calmer, you know, greatly since um, the beginning, like when it first started, but we had, you know, a good year or two that was um, really a lot of stuff always going on. But anyway, Bill, but I, th I think Bill, you're, you're going to have your new uh, guest on. I just yeah. saw the phone number come up. Oh, Bill, you there? I am there. How awesome. Cool. How are you? <laughs> Very good. And, and hi, Chip, and hi, Anita, and Chris, and I don't want to interrupt you on anything. <laughs> Hey, no, you can you can do that. It sounded like it was flowing good, so I'll just kind of sit back and, and let Anita finish that thought. <laughs> no, I'm done. It's still time. <laughs> no, no way. No, you go right ahead. This is okay, and, and I'm glad that you guys are on, and I'm sure it's been fantastic. And as we know, once we uh, really get into relaying information, the time just goes by very quickly. So okay. you take your time, Anita. I'm I'm going to sit idly by right here and let you finish what you were oh, talking about. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm, it, it's your turn to, to because I, I've said enough. <laughs> no way. Yes. And I want to say I really appreciate. Um, I have this new book coming out, uh, Tim, that uh, – uh, I really think it's going to be a great book. It's going to be a little different from something that I've done in the past. And Anita has, a, has played a big role in this book, and I really appreciate her help. Uh, she created a fantastic cover for it. The book is uh, going to be called Stranger Than Fiction. And uh, she's also really had a, a, a great hand in uh, her and Chris adding content to the book from their personal experiences, along with uh, helping with uh, arranging as, as well. So I, I really I truly appreciate uh, your help with this, Anita, and I think it's going to be a great book. Uh, it was my pl it's my pleasure, Bill. Um, it's, it's a great thing working with you on this project, and I'm just so glad that the cover has generated so much interest, you know, and, and, and it should because it's really going to be a great book when people read it. And I hear it's Travis amazing. Yeah. Go ahead. Bill, I hear Travis Schwartz going to have a story in that book as well. 
Absolutely. Travis has a riveting account in there of the Mothman. Travis also wrote the foreword to the book. And, uh, you know, Travis, uh, I always ask him to write the forewords for my books, and he never ceases to write a great forward, and then he's added content uh, uh, with his thoughts and uh, experiences with the uh, Mothman creature. So it's really going to be an interesting book, and I'm again, I took a little different direction on it to where I wanted others to be included with their accounts of different things from angels to, to demons to the mothman to ufos bigfoot all these things um i think it's something that you know obviously has been talked about ad nauseum but per its category and so with this book I'm connecting the dots because I feel that it's all very much connected and a lot of people don't realize this. So I certainly hope that, you know, when the book comes out and people start reading it, they will see how I've been able to connect the dots and how so many people who are having paranormal supernatural experiences are also having these experiences with UFOs and Bigfoot and Mothman and other things of the like. Mm -hmm. Uh, is there a oh hi Bill by the way this is uh, this is Chip we haven't uh, formally hi, had the honor of meeting yet uh, I just wanted to say quickly that you know everybody that we, we've we've had Travis Short here you know that's the power of Timmy he finds <laughs> the most awesome guests here on Supernatural Realm but Travis was I mean I think he spent more time talking about you than he talked about <laughs> himself you know well, and I love him dearly. Had, he's a great guy. He is, right? And he, boy, that voice. I love that voice. You know, he's got that yeah. radio tone, you know. No Just question a, about it. Absolutely. Golden voice. And and Anita and Chris here, you know, also uh, have raved they're about like you. They're family to me. I love them dearly. I mean, they're wonderful people. Uh, they have a tremendous story. They've been through quite a bit. And they are moving forward. And boy, I'll tell you, you know, they're brilliant and gifted people. And and the sky's the limit for them. Yeah, I absolutely and wholeheartedly agree. And I know Timmy is foaming at the mouth and he has so many questions for you. So I'm just going to get this out quickly. But just to mention how all of these people, Timmy included, who met you um, at, uh, what was it, Phenomenology, was yeah. it, Tim? Yes, it was. And, and they all say the same thing, that, you know, it's almost instantaneous that, mm -hmm. that they see you like family, you know, you're so relatable to them and bring a, a sense of peace and calm, and that's a beautiful thing, and, and boy, it, it's always great to hear people, you know, talked about in that way, so we really, uh, like to give you the hand for that, and, um, but my quick question before Timmy, you know, has, I'm sure, a whole bunch is uh, this new book that you're talking about, Stranger Than Fiction, is there a release date set for it? Well, we're working on it. We're working towards it. I want to thank you for your wonderful comments there, Chip. It really is a pleasure to know you. And, yeah, Tim's awesome. He's top-notch. I love him dearly as <laughs> <Yeah>. well. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, we're, we're working on it. I'm hoping to have it ready before December 1st. I had a little setback that's kind of sidelined me a little bit, but I'm doing very well now, praise God, and, and I've really, really healed up well. And I, As a matter of fact, I get my staples out tomorrow, and I'm literally counting wow. the hours down until <laughs> I get to the uh, doctor and get them removed. So it's, uh, it's for I the first that. time in over 
Oh yeah, for the I've got thirty one stitches and staples in my back, and uh, it's been there for a couple of weeks now, and it's time for them to go. So <laughs> yeah, well, and you're doing radio, see, I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> you could give me a year, and I wouldn't be able to do that. You know, it's, yeah, uh, it's been, been two an experience. Those... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm just saying, you know, it hasn't even been two weeks, and you, you know, you're on the air, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, you know, Anita could tell you, I mean, the, the, the next day after the surgery, I was right back to doing what I do and helping people, and it, it has not been easy. You know, sleep has not been easy for me, uh, although I have gotten, uh, over the last few nights, I'm, praise God, I've been able to sleep pretty good, but uh, there for a while, I could not sleep at all, and I was awake every time that I moved, and it was just awful, because I sleep on my back, and all of a sudden, oh. you know, I can't tell me, do not sleep on your back, you cannot bust those inner stitches open, and all this stuff, so it was very, very difficult for me, and and uh, I got me through, and, and now I'm just very much looking forward to tomorrow. Mm. I think we're all looking forward to tomorrow, you know? Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Just empathically speaking, you know? Yeah, really. No question about it. And I'll let you guys know, uh, hopefully you'll have me back once the uh, book is officially out. And, and I'll come back on, and we'll talk. I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit tonight if you want. But, sure. I mean... Uh, it's, I think it's going to be, again, it's, my current book is 10 Steps to Victory, and that book has done very, very well, and I'm thankful to God for that, that it's reached a lot of people, and it's had a, a positive effect and impact on many, um, and that is a wonderful thing, but this book is a lot different, you know, content-wise, and it again, as a collection of not only my own stories and experiences in dealing with all of this phenomena, but other people as well. So, you know, Chris and Anita have uh, an invaluable contribution to it in two areas to where they're uh, talking about uh, the UFOs and also uh, their experiences of what they have gone through and, and going through in, in their home and then, you know, in dealing with all of the phenomena that is uh been taking place in and around them for quite a while. Yeah. yeah. Bill, when did you first uh, meet uh, Anita and Kristen? How did that? How did that transpire? Um, boy, Anita, how long? The time goes. Everything's a blur to me now. I would say, uh, is it like five, six years ago? It, it's it's over five years, and uh, you um you you were able you actually were. You're, uh, I think you got in touch with me through another person who had mm -hmm. um, a post of mine on Facebook, and she recommended that uh, she was going to get in touch with you because I didn't know how yeah. to get in touch with you, and I had never. I, I said, I said, I'm sorry to say, but I'd never heard of you, Bill, Bill mm -hmm. because I didn't go in those circles or knew about right. you know what, what was happening. And um, Bill was kind enough to uh, call me back almost like the next day and we chatted and he said, I'm going to see if I can get my schedule changed around and I need to come up and see you guys and see what's going on. And, and he did. And here he's a complete stranger to us, but yet he traveled over two hours from Maryland to come up to the Philadelphia area and, uh, and meet with us. And after that, it's just been your fat, his family. We, we met, it was yeah. like, we knew each other from, from, for many, many years. It was like an instantaneous connection. And, uh, absolutely true. Yeah. 
So it's it's it, it feels like it's longer, but I mean, I, I look back and I it's just been so fast. It's it's oh it's yeah, it's around 2012, 2013 that um, that's incredible. Yeah, and it, and it's been so much has gone since, and we you know no bill, um, but it's it's a blessing in our lives that and it was meant to. I always say to Bill, it was meant to happen that we met yeah. when we did because he was then able to direct us in a different path or understanding because we were kind of a loss to what to do next. So Bill, Bill was there to guide us. It's incredible. And it's been great. I'm going to see him again on the 18th. I, uh, I have to go to, uh, New York. Uh, I've got to go to Carmel, New York, and then Whitehall, New York, which is up by Vermont on the 17th. And then on my way back, uh, on the 18th, I will be stopping and, and seeing Anita Chris, and I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, we can't wait. To see, we miss yeah. you a lot. Yeah, we can't wait to see you. <laughs> Absolutely. And so that's going to be a journey within itself, Tim and Chip. This mm-hmm. is, uh, so I have to, whenever I go to a place, it's not just to help one person. Most of the time, it's to help several people or sometimes many people. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful to God for working through me to be able to help people in this way because so many people are hurting in the world and having some type of problem. And, um, a lot of it is spiritual based and and you know whether people realize it or not or want to realize it or not that's really the root of the problem something spiritual in nature is going on that can create a variety of problems in a person's life Mm. and it's difficult for some people to believe that (laughs) but once they come to that reality and that reasoning of that it is absolutely the case then they become open because when a person's having these kind of problems, and especially when it's you know affecting them in such a horrible, negative, adverse way, like Anita said, you know, you're you're wit's end. You you don't know what to do, and you you just hope and pray that there is somebody out there that God will work through to be able to help. And so that's what I do. And that's what I'll continue to do. I'm very thankful to God for that, and it's the greatest thing in the world when I know that God's really worked through me to take that evil and negativity and curses or whatever it may be you know, off of a person. Mm. Bill, we, um, Chip and I had Katie McHale on about, what, a month and a half ago, Chip? She was phenomenal. Uh, yep, right? Yeah, she's great. And that was another case there that, um, you know, she was having a lot of problems and it stemmed back from a lot of things that was taking place in her childhood. So usually that's what happens is um, a person will have something traumatic take place, and usually it is in childhood. Mm-hmm. And and when that happens, you know, these demonic forces are not only with the perpetrator that may have caused some big, bad things to happen, but then they go on to the victim because they're drawn to the secretions that take place after a person has been exposed to high levels of trauma and fear. And that is the adrenochrome that comes out through the pineal gland and uh, the adrenal glands. Mm -hmm. And uh, demons are drawn to this like candy. Mm -hmm. And so they will come onto the person and they will attach to the person and they will be with that person until someone like myself comes along, God working through me. To literally get rid of that garbage. Yeah, she was very, very appreciative. I mean, really, everybody that we've talked to on on your behalf, you know, really, I mean, they they credit you in a way for for 
saving at least the quality of their lives, if not their lives altogether. You know, and, well, I and praise God for it. And I'm so proud of her because, you know, she was on a pretty bad road there for a while. Mm -hmm. And and it took um, the willingness on her part as well to, A, realize that she had a serious problem and it was spiritual in nature, mm -hmm. which was causing her to make some, you know, really bad choices in other areas. And she has really turned things around in her life. I'm very proud of her. I'm happy for her. And she's another person that the sky's the limit for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it sure does seem that way now, too. And again, you know, thank you for that. And she was very candid about that, you know, because mm -hmm. she, she because of this, uh, the, this childhood trauma or, or series of childhood traumas, if you will, kind of kept her in that lower vibrational setting, you know. Which would make oh, made no it question. easy prey, and sometimes it's uh, someone like an, uh, Anita who just does a favor for someone. <laughs> you know, yeah. No childhood trauma, just an executor of a will, you know. <laughs> and believe me, just like that, to where she did something out of the goodness goodness of her heart mm -hmm. and out of love and caring. Yet there was something wicked and nefarious lurking and waiting in the wings and and once that decision was made and then once uh, anita got into that position as the executor and caretaker of these things well now these things start to manifest and that's exactly what happened and so there was certainly no intent on her part to conjure up anything or to uh you know have this garbage manifest in such a nefarious wicked manner but it did nevertheless due to the attachment to the objects. Yeah. Well, I, I just hope you're not driving on this big trip, you know, coming to Carmel to, you know. Like, I absolutely will be driving it. Yeah, I'm going to be driving now. And usually I fly everywhere, but I have to tell you, I'm becoming more and more disenchanted with, <laughs> with airlines <laughs> and airports. Well, and, we were thinking and, of getting you a bus so you can stand up and have somebody else. <laughs> You know, you know, I did have uh, a few years ago. I had two years ago. I had a client offer me a tour bus. He wanted. They had a a brand new tour bus, and um, it was given to them by the, his uh, his wife's dad, who was a minister, was retired, and it was beautiful. But I couldn't accept it. I mean, it was very nice, and it would have been nice to have, but I couldn't accept such a gift. Regretting that now, just a little. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice, maybe in the future, you know. And, and believe me, I would love to. At this point, you know, of course, if it's California, which I often travel out west to California, um, you know, LA or even Northern California, I've been there many, many times, uh, or further up the coast to Portland or Seattle, Washington, I've been there many times as well. Um, I prefer to not fly, to be honest with you, at this mm. point in time. I'm just very disenchanted with the airline industry. But, you know, again, if I have to fly, if a distance like that, you certainly have to. I don't want to take a journey of driving all the way out to the West Coast and then back. So, you know, it's, it's not logistically, it's not possible. So I do have to fly. But for the most part, I'm certainly praying that in 2019, uh, most of my travels will involve uh, a vehicle. And whether that is my own vehicle, or a bus or whatever, a uh, tour bus would be nice. But, you know, whatever the case may be, I certainly prefer it that way. 
And we'll keep our fingers crossed for you. <laughs> yeah. Phil, Phil, if you do get a bus and you you need a driver, you know, look me up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Road trip, Timmy. Road trip. That would be great. And you know, I, again, I would feel so much more comfortable. Just you guys. How can I say this? And again, I'm I'm grateful to God for putting the calling on my life to be able to do all this traveling. But I kid you not, for probably almost three and a half years straight. I have traveled everywhere, all around this country, most of it via plane. So it is a process. It's not that you just show up at the airport. I mean, I have a driver, his name's Guy, and uh, he's become a good friend of mine, and I'm grateful for his service, but he's always there, picks me up, you know, when I have to go to the airport, and he'll take me to the airport, and he picks me back up when I come back, and that's great. But you know, then you got to go into the airports and deal with all that madness, and there's a lot of hoops that you have to jump through, you know, just to get on the plane flying. And then you got to, when you arrive, you've got to go through the, and if you're in the larger airports like Atlanta and Dallas and places like that, you got to get to the subway trains and then get to your baggage on the other side of the airport. Right. Oh, and yeah. then you got to get your car, and then you got to go to your hotel. And most of the time, especially if it's an early flight, I don't have any sleep the night before, so I'm exhausted by the time I get to where I'm going, and then I only have a couple hours to get myself prepared before I go see the clients. So yeah, and, and uh, the way that you get treated in these airports, I bet you're probably yeah. thinking that there's a couple of deliverances you'd like to make. You know. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that because people have actually approached me in airports, and I ended up helping them in airports. I had, I've had a couple people sitting next to me on planes that have had problems, and I've helped them. Uh, it's just absolutely amazing how God will send somebody to me. Uh, I recall in Detroit one time running a car, and I was going out to the parking lot, and, and the guy was escorting me out there to get the car, and something moved him to start to share with me how troubled he was about something. And we stood right there and we prayed right there in that parking lot when he got me to the car. And it was amazing. I mean, he hugged me. He was so grateful. But that's what God does. He'll bring people into your path that need help. And I'm just thankful that uh, that he works for me in that way to be a help and a comfort to some people. And uh, you're right. Some of the stories that we see, I was just reading the one story uh, about Delta. It happened a few days ago about the man that got on the plane and unfortunately sat down uh, to where he didn't realize it until he sat down that he sat down in feces that um, oh. apparently the service dog had uh, uh, had an accident and nobody cleaned that up and that man sat down in that and they were very rude to him and it, and this guy was a million miler this guy was a VIP flyer and was treated very badly and boy I, I expect to read another story about him filing a major lawsuit against them well the story and, could be mine because you know they blamed it on the service dog but it could well have been me you know? I <laughs> so I at just, least they blame the dog. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? I couldn't even. I would just. I, I pray that that never happens to me. I would never. Uh, you know, after that, I'd be done. I'd never get on another plane again. I mean, after reading the story, I thought, boy, I got to fly on Delta on the 28th of November down to Orlando, and I am not looking forward to it. Yeah. 
And then take the no service dogs allowed flight, I guess. <laughs> it's just amazing. I it, it seems like customer service in a lot of areas, and I'm sorry to say this, but it really seems like customer service has gone down the drain in a lot of areas and a lot of aspects and businesses currently, and I don't understand why. I can't put my finger on it. I know if it were me, if I had a business, whatever it may be, um, you know, whether it be the airline business or whatever, something customer service or I would go out of my way to be kind to people, to make them want to come back to use my service or my product or whatever. I don't understand how a, a representative can be rude like that and then think that uh, there's not going to be any recompense or, you know, no repercussions from something like that. Right. Well, that's why, you know, I'm really going to bat for Timmy as your next driver, you know. <laughs> uh, that would be awesome. Boy, I'll tell you, Tim, you never know. It could work out that way. If that's it right. does, it would be an honor and a pleasure to have you. That's and, for sure. And I would love to do it for sure. No, he would. That so would be people. fantastic, brother. <laughs> I, and, and another experience that I had, uh, two recent experiences that I had, one that really put a bad taste in my mouth was in Dallas. And this was, uh, I don't know, last month, I guess. I was I had to fly to Dallas to help a, a family there, and everything went great. And on my way back, now I'm in the Dallas-Fort Worth airport, which is one of the larger airports in the country. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm... You know, now going through uh, the scanning process, and uh, my bag goes through the scanner, and then they call me off to the side. And, and whenever something like that happens, it's like everything stops all of a sudden, you know, and uh, everybody's looking at you. And, and so that's what happened. And and the uh, TSA officers they call me to the side, and they thought that I had a weapon in my bag. Nope. And that weapon was a cross that I carry in my bag. Oh, it travels wow. with me all over the country, everywhere I go. <laughs> and they pulled me to the side because they thought that cross could be used as a weapon. I said, you know what? You're right. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> I'm and dangerous with that by the power of God. And that was my parting words to them. And then another thing that happened was prior to getting on the plane, I got stuck in major traffic, leaving my hotel, headed back to Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. They were doing road work, and I tried to take a detour, and that just got me even more messed up. Anyway, I got the rental car back late because of being stuck in that traffic. They charged me for another full day. Wow. Um, <laughs> even after I explained that I was stuck in this traffic and the the uh, the customer rep said to me, well, they're just going to tell you it's not our problem. You know, that's your problem. And I said, well, that's okay, but I'll never use your service again. So that's the end of that. And <laughs> yeah, right? It's just amazing, you know, how people can be nowadays. And oh, it's very sad and unfortunate. Yeah. At one, one time, you know, they ran me through the scanner to the point where it basically they can see through my clothes and they called it a terrorist attack. <laughs> <laughs> but that's for another day. <laughs> that's a whole other show. That's a whole other show. It's some interesting times for sure. Yeah. And I pray that people, and, and I close out my new book with something similar to what I'm about to say is that I pray that people can just take a step back and 
just look at the bigger picture and because sometimes when we're in something we can't see it we have to step outside of it to realize what's going on and what we might be doing um wrong in a sense you know when it comes to people treating people badly and i, I pray for some of these people not that I'm perfect, believe me, we all have our days. Uh, but I pray for some of these people that they could just take a deep breath in and step back and step out of it and say, okay, what can I do now? How can I fix this? How can I be better? How can I really be a help to somebody and do something in a positive way? Because I think some people are in the mindset now that they really enjoy doing something in a negative way mm -hmm. really upset somebody or ruin their day or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just don't understand that. No, no, we, we neither, you know, and I, I see, you know, I mean, it, that's what's so nice about working with Timmy, you know, because he's one of the sweetest people, you know, and, uh, and it's always good to see that, you know, right. uh, you know, they, we don't get to see that side of, of the world that often, especially, you know, from, from media coverage of things, you know, they, Always go for the the bad stuff in people, and so and yeah. That's why, you know, I, I would like to start a movement, Chip, of to to inspire people and to try and move people in the direction of. I want you to go out of your way at least one time a day to mm -hmm. do something kind, to say something kind, to do something in a positive way in that day, no matter how small or simple it might be. If we could all get into that mindset of being positive and saying and doing positive things, then all of a sudden maybe we could have a movement that would start to where people could get into that type of mindset. Because, uh -huh. you know, we see it over and over and over again with people falling into these dumb trends and, you know, the, the whatever it might be, the next thing comes along, everybody's following along and they're doing it. Well, why couldn't we start a trend of goodness and positivity to where maybe the people would gravitate mm -hmm. towards that and fall into something like that? Yes, remarkably contagious too. You know, it which is. is beautiful. And people exactly. are always surprised when you do that. You know, they don't expect that. Surprised. They don't see that coming. Yeah. When when you go to New York, and you do <laughs> some kind acts, people look at you like, "Okay, what do you <laughs> want? What's your name? What's your, yeah. Yeah, what are you, what well, are you yeah. setting me up for?" Yeah, I mean, your, that's the mentality and the mindset. Yeah, yeah. What's the punchline? Yeah, what's yeah. your motive exactly. for doing it? Exactly. Yeah, what's your motive? Exactly right. And I have a lot of friends in New York, and I love a lot of people in New York, but that is absolutely, and that is true, um, just the day-to-day -day negativity that takes place to where people are on guard, and then they develop a mindset that everybody's out to get them, everybody's got an angle, so no one could possibly do any act of kindness without expecting something mm -hmm. right you know and it's when we recommend that they just you know they they pay attention to their boundaries but still do it you know right. but 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 not for the sake of any payback whatsoever you know other exactly. than to just do it if you if you have something nice to say on someone's behalf you know say it people are under the misguided impression that if you have something bad to say you should say it and we think you know the opposite is true you know, they, nice. they treat it like um, almost like it's a venting type of thing for some people to where it doesn't matter to them what they do or say or how they do it or how they say it. It doesn't matter. It, it's what matters to them is venting 
And furthermore, it almost becomes entertainment in the sense that now <laughs> you could simply pick your phone up and videotape the whole thing, and right. then you can post that on social media and, oh, isn't that cool, isn't that great, and, you know, this and that. And that's how all these negative things get going, mm -hmm. and pretty soon everybody's in that collective mindset of, oh, this is how it is, this is how you're supposed to be, and this is what you do. For instance, how many times here over the last couple of years especially, have you seen these videos where people are getting beaten up or worse, oh. um, and and nobody is doing anything to stop it? They're all standing there with their phones filming it. Right? Yeah, they want to see who can get the best shot. You know, right? Just amazing. It's mind-boggling. And so I pray that those trends and fads go out the window because I know for myself, I could never stand there even right now with these stitches of staples in my back i guarantee you if something was taking place that somebody was being you know beaten or raped or whatever i wouldn't care about these stitches and staples i'd be there taking care of that situation and that would no longer be happening i can guarantee you so i i'm not saying everybody should become a vigilante and, and you know, uh, engage people physically, but you cannot just stand there and let these types of wicked and heinous acts take place, all the while standing there filming the whole thing for entertainment. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's just morally so, wrong. Oh, Anita, yeah, absolutely. Anita and Chris, you got something to say or want to chime in? Oh, well, we're just so uh, entranced with what Bill's saying because it's so true. I mean, Bill and I, and Chris, we've all talked about how, you know, incivility is like the, the new norm. And, you know, we weren't brought up to be that way. I mean, we had a strong family, you know, unit. Um, you looked out for each other. You know, people in communities looked out for each other. And today, I think it's just about money. Whatever is trashy or is a negative type of, you know, attitude, that is what draws you know, more attention and is more money in it. And, and unfortunately, that's what it seems to be about. Greed is taken to such levels. And, you know, when they are presenting these things on the films or Facebook or YouTube and things, I mean, they get the followers. People want to see nasty things. They don't want to see good things. And that's a really sad commentary on our culture and society that what we've become. And I mean, I myself believe that the good in people, there's always good in people and why the few rotten apples get all the attention and there should be about all the wonderful things that people do for each other. But unfortunately, you know, um, you know, trash sells or, you know, negative story sells. And, and that's a shame, you know, because then young people think that's the only way to get attention. Mm -hmm. And you know, they, Oh, I, you know, if I'm good, I'm just going to be a sucker. If I do something good, well, you know what, if it doesn't feel good in your heart, then you shouldn't do it, you know, but it, it's, it's really, um, I think there's too much violence you know, starting out with video games like the really yes. young kids, you know, you know, there's there's video games and then there's video games. And and the ones that are I'm, I'm just appalled at the, the bloodshed and the kind of gruesome scenarios that are on these entertainment venues. And young kids see that and they get very uh, numb to it. So, mm. I mean, you, you know, there was just a, in the in the um, story about a 10 year old girl is going to be tried as an adult because mm. she's a six month old. You know, I mean. Uh, I mean, where does a 10-year-old understand to, that if you kill a child like that, that person's not going to resurrect? They might have seen a, a movie or a show or a game where the person gets nine lives you know, and the person resurrects. But this is reality. P people, once you shoot somebody, they're not 
going to, you know, they're not going to rise from the dead. You know, I mean, and I think it's in some ways there's a disconnect that they mm -hmm. think this is not, you know, it's not reality, but it is, you know, and it's not a video game. You're, yeah. you're shooting something and it's, you know, and, it, and people are dying, you know, so the, it's just the violence is, is just out of proportion in our society, you know, and, and everything that Bill has said, you know, the more there seems to be this violence, the more energy, the negative forces seem to, you know, that's an appetite and, you know, more people than ever. I mean, Bill's so busy more than ever, <laughs> a lot of bad stuff going on and yeah. more than ever. You know, Can't even ever. walk through an airport, you know? <laughs> uh, I, you know, frequent flyer miles. I mean, I said to Bill, I said, sprouting wings soon because you fly. <laughs> you're going to need wings because he's up I, in the air so much, you know. I mean, and I walk at some of these airports, and the people that work in them know me. They say hi to me. They, they you know, when I walk through at the in different parts of the country, it's amazing. I mean, that's how much I go through these places. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but 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 the people that you're helping, Bill, it, it's just numbers in the. The thousands at this point and you know and he's you know he's the person doing this and hopefully you know though those people that are helped they inspire other people to know what bill's message mm -hmm. is you know and and bill is right about you know doing a message about people you need to put the positivity back in everyday life and people to know this is the way to go and not you know and not be mean to each other i mean even if you're in a grocery store or people like in traffic they're so nasty i mean you can't even look somebody in the in the yeah. face and 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 look at them crooked and they'll want to stab you or something you know it's true it's it's yeah. it's a really scary time to be alive and to raise children you know at this factor you know i'm glad my son is the age he is i mean but i just worry about you know young children coming up in the world you know what's mm. going to go on and it, it Bill, what he says and what he tries to project in his books, I mean, a lot of people should take that message, you know, and really ponder it. And, you know, but they turn to alcohol and drugs and they, they try to medicate themselves right. to you know, against the negative effects. Whereas you can just you don't need a bottle. Go to your Bible or, you know, go to, you know, a, a, a person who can help you and, and you know, and, and do it that way, because you just have to turn to prayers into god you know because that's where the answers are and not in in the drugs because that's just going to give you a hangover or you're going to wind up dead you know and you're not going to find the answers you know but you know so our Absolutely. our drug of choice is to you know write the books and to mm -hmm. and to bring out our story tell our story mm -hmm. so you know so you know well, and knowledge is power and it, people should read people should they should take their time in A, getting closer to God and having a strong connection with God, and then B, allowing God to give them holy discernment to know, we all have a moral compass, but I mean, when God really puts that holy discernment on you, you'll be convicted in your spirit in, in even thinking about certain things. So, you know, we should have that A, and then B, we should always be thirsting for knowledge, because knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And I feel that everything Anita said here is absolutely the truth, and that's what we're living now. And I think this is part of a social engineering that's been taking place since the late 50s, and I really believe that due to the, and I say this in the book, uh, in the, the upcoming book, that um, the seeds that were planted back in that time, and some of the experiments that were carried out are now producing the fruit 
of what's taking place now. We are where we are now as a society because of those things that were planted and implemented back then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the past is, is coming back to rear its ugly head, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's the truth, and people just can't see it. It's amazing. I would say if we tried to present something like this to probably seven out of every ten people, mm -hmm. maybe uh, three out of that ten, seven out of the ten would just say no, no, no. But if you went back to those seven and... Uh, you know, they wouldn't want anything to do with that. But mm -hmm. if you went back to those seven and said, tell me all about the Kardashians or this, they could tell you everything. Mm -hmm. They could tell you everything about everything, you know, that's taking place uh, in that type of world. But when it comes to really stepping outside of that and trying to see reality, true reality, they, they can't go there. Oh. See, I'm going to cry now because... <laughs> The power of the Kardashians. You just made <laughs> And I've always said, what is their talent? What do they do? Exactly. Oh, yes. Famous oh, for nothing. Yeah. yeah. See, Timmy, road trip, man. Yeah, Going yeah, to Maryland. Yeah. We can talk Kardashians with Bill Bean here. Yeah. 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 Chip, that's, that's one I, reason why. I, I once ran into, uh, I had an encounter. And, and I wouldn't say it was any kind of personal encounter, but I, I was in LAX about, mm, I guess, three years ago, two years ago, something like that. Mm -hmm. And that Rihanna was in front of me. Oh. And we were going through uh, the security area, and, of course, there were all these paparazzis and all these people fawning over her and all this stuff. <laughs> and I didn't give her the time of day. And as a matter of fact, she turned to me and said, you know, you can go around me, and I said, thank you, and I walked around, that was it. I don't <laughs> fawn over these people. I don't, you know, I'm not into idol worship. You know, there's only one that I worship, and there's certainly no human being on this planet that I worship. And, you know, that was so that was the extent of that. But you should have seen how everybody was just drooling over her, and just, uh, it was amazing. Uh, you know, I just shook my head and just walked away. That's all you can do at that point. Yeah, pretty much. Chris, you got something to say? Anything to say to Bill? Or us? I, I, I just wish you would have got me an autograph. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like really upset right now. I, I don't know what you got to have some ghost peppers now. <laughs> I, have, I have run into some people like that in my travels, whether it's airports or airplanes. And, you know, I just I had a very interesting experience. And I don't know if I told Chris about this. This was two years, a year and a half ago. I was... Um, I had to, it was a very strange flight because I had to, I was flying to Florida, but it, I think it was a Delta flight, but it changed flights, it changed planes in New York at uh, JFK Airport. So, you know, here I am flying south, but yet I have to go north to New York to change planes to go south. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting on the plane, and this guy, so I sit down in my seat, and this guy comes in, he's in a suit, you know, dressed very nice, he puts his bag in the overhead. He turns to me, and he looks, and he goes, I know you. I just, I was just watching you on my phone. <laughs> I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, uh, I know all about you. And he starts telling me, you know, all about my story and everything. 
And so he seemed like a very nice guy. You know, we're talking, and he says, well, what are you doing in New York? I said, I just have to change planes. I'm going to Florida. I said, well, what are you doing? He says, oh, I'm in the main event tonight at Madison Square Garden. I said, Madison Square Garden? And he was a WWE wrestler, uh, James Ellsworth, and very, very nice guy. And I felt bad. I didn't recognize him. I, you know, but really, really nice guy. And, uh, yeah, he, and he showed me on his phone. He says, look, I'm not kidding. I was just watching your thing. I know all about you. And he's telling me all this stuff. It was incredible. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh, Bill! Again, very yeah. sad. You didn't you get an autograph. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Man, I'm so jealous. There's not a wrestler in the world who knows who I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little jealous there. Uh, I have another good friend named the Maestro. Uh, he wrestled for WCW and uh, back in the uh, late nineties. Back in the day, and he's a really good guy. Every time we get together, we talk all the wrestling stories. And then I have another good friend, Gene Snitsky. Uh, he was with the WWE as Snitsky, and uh, another guy, really, really good guy. And, and so I do have some connections with people like that. <laughs> wow. Very cool. I guess we're doing that uh, when he comes up. We're, we're going to be talking all about, <laughs> all about wrestling. <laughs> I guess we're going to an event sometime. And, you know, both of those guys make appearances at the paranormal things and all that. So, I mean, they're they're mm-hmm. kind of connected in that world. And that's how I met uh, Maestro was uh, through an event in Pittsburgh uh, yes. several years ago. Um, and, and he and I met. We became fast friends. And uh, Gene and I met. I, I had a, a movie deal in place, and it fell apart, and they do fall apart sometimes, but Gene was actually going to be in the movie, and, wow. you know, we met yeah. and uh, and became good friends, and, and so, but those movie things and TV show things, they come and go, and the most recent uh, deal that I signed was uh, several months ago. I signed a deal with a man named Harvey Rockman, and um, Harvey had made several movies in the past and, you know, had these big connections. And so it was going to be for a major motion picture and a TV series as well. Unfortunately, you know, not long after signing the deal, Harvey died. And um, so that, you know, needless to say, was the end of that deal. And I don't care about that. I'm sorry that he passed. And, uh, you know, it just, um, the man was very ill. I didn't know it. You know, I didn't know him at all other than him contacting me and then we make a deal. But uh, he was very, very sick and he passed from cancer. And I didn't, I, you know, it was very strange because this guy was contacting me every day. And then all of a sudden, uh, a few weeks went by and I wasn't hearing from him anymore. And then one of his family members contacted me and gave me the news. So I was very, very sorry to hear it. And, uh, but these things happen in that way. Uh, those types of deals, you know, they can fall apart very quickly. And I'm sorry it fell apart in that way. But, you know, I've been through this many times before in the past. You, you could say stranger than fiction. <laughs> exactly. My whole life has been stranger than fiction. And, you know, for people that, and I'm not even, these stories aren't even in the book. They should be in the book. But um, I could go on and on all night long with these types of crazy, bizarre stories and crazy, bizarre meetings with people that, uh, you know, unless other people saw it for themselves, they just wouldn't believe some of the stories that I tell. But I assure you it's all true. Mm-hmm. Bill, we got about 10 minutes left of the show tonight. Um, uh, again, if you want to name the 
books that you have out and how people can uh, get themselves a copy of them? Sure. And I want to thank you for having me, brother. I really appreciate it. I look forward to the next time. And, Chip, it was an absolute pleasure to get a chance to meet you and talk with you. And, and you guys are great together. And it was especially exciting for me to have Anita and Chris uh, throughout the entire show. So this right. has really been great. And I appreciate it. And for anybody out there, you know, if you're in need, first and foremost, you know, if you are in spiritual need and you're having problems where you feel like you're under some type of uh, um, oppression, you know, demonic oppression, or you feel like you're cursed and you've got these blocks and you can't move forward, you feel like uh, somebody has done something to you in the way of voodoo, whatever it may be, or if you have a friend or a loved one that you feel is under demonic possession. Don't hesitate to contact me. I'm very, very busy. I'm never too busy to help somebody. And you can visit BillBean.net and uh, email me directly from the site, and I will get back to you, or my assistant, Melinda, will get back to you as soon as possible. And um, same thing for anyone out there who would like to get copies of my books. Uh, the current book now is The Connection, and we're uh, transitioning into Stranger Than Fiction, which will be coming soon. And for anybody out there that would like to get a copy of my book, same thing, BillBean.net, and just click on the book cover and you can make your order. So again, um, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. It's been an enjoyable interview. Awesome. And uh, is there any events or announcements that you'd like to let, let the listeners know about? Well, there's no events. Uh, there is, uh, I'm not going to talk about it at this time, but there is a planning stage for an event that I'm going to have in Maryland for a book release uh, for Stranger Than Fiction, and maybe next time I come back on the show we'll uh, talk about that, promo that. I'm also going to mention something that uh, I think needs to be mentioned. I'm very excited about. I, I had a great conversation today with uh, Katie and Daryl, the uh, station managers of Late Night in the Midlands, and they're great people, and I'm very excited to say that uh, I'm going to have my own show coming up in 2019, Ooh. and um, I think we have a, a title, possibly, which will be called Real Talk with Bill Bean, the Spiritual Warrior, so um, nice. it's going to be an exciting opportunity for me we're going to do it you know just starting off once a week and um we'll see how that goes i really i think it's going to go great i really believe that it will so um i'm very much looking forward to that so there's a lot of great things coming up in 2019 uh with the new book and this new show and we'll just uh see where god leads it all well, that's, that's, oh, that's awesome. fantastic that wow <laughs> That's awesome. So, the, so big thanks to Michael Vara and uh, certainly Katie and Dell, uh, Neil, great people all, and uh, looking forward to it. So we'll we'll be uh, we'll be maybe the next time I come back we'll really get on that and start the promo with all of that. But I already in my mind without even contact, you know, you're the you guys are the first people and the people who are listening in, you know that I've even talked about uh, publicly uh, with about this. Um, so we'll see. I've already got in my head a whole list of people that I want to have on. So um, I think that uh, 
I won't have any problems filling the calendar as far as getting people to come on. I have to have you guys come on, so you'll go from host to guest. We'll have to do that on the show. I'm certainly going to have Anita Chris on, and um, I'm looking forward to it. Bill, you help so many people on on the A Haunting Show. I've had some of them on as guests as well, so I'm sure you won't have any trouble uh, filling your schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. I'm thankful for that. And that's somebody else I'd like to have on is Trisha Dozier, the um, producer for A Haunting, New mm-hmm. Dominion Pictures, and working in conjunction with Discovery and TLC and all those networks. She's a very good friend of mine, wonderful person, and she's just uh, won a battle with breast cancer, and she has it's come out victorious. We praise God for that, but oh, she's someone else that I'd like to have on. And uh, We recently talked, and she wanted me to... Uh, do some more of the hauntings uh, for this season, but it was not possible for me. I'm too busy, and then I had this surgery, so it was not possible. She was up against the deadline, so uh, there won't be any uh, new episodes with me in 2018, but in 2019 there will be. So we'll, you know, we're going to just plan for those as well. So there's a lot of exciting things coming, and so main thing is I'm just so thankful to God for all the blessings, and I just pray that God will continue to work through me to be a blessing to others and to help others. That's awesome. Chip, you want to go ahead and... Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, shameless uh, self-plug here. Uh, As as long as we're talking about the late night in the Midlands, uh, L&M Radio Network family, uh, proud to have my own show on Monday nights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern each and every Monday on L&M Radio Network Studio A. Uh, We were talking about it earlier, kind of. It's called Kindness Beyond the Veil. We talk about the kinder side of the paranormal, the metaphysical, the supernatural, the psychic, the extraterrestrial worlds. There is benevolence everywhere you look, even in the most dark of realms. So each and every Monday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, LNM Radio Network, Studio A. Check us out, Kindness Beyond the Veil. And, of course, here with Timmy. (laughs) Yeah. Tuesdays and Wednesdays now. Yeah, and it sounds days. great, yeah. and I hope a lot of people are listening in because, uh, you know, again, it's important. And this is uh, a wonderful thing that there is a platform for people like yourselves to be able to have these types of shows to where if people are not going to pick a book up and read it, well, at least they can listen in, and I pray that the information will be enlightening uh, to them. Yeah. And Anita and Chris, you got anything to say in closing as well? Well, we're just, again, so grateful that you thought enough of us to have us on, you know, two nights in a row, back-to-back shows, shows, but also that you include us in this great show with Bill Bean because, um, you know, we we just think the world of him. But also, (laughs) we thank you also, Tim and Chip, for having the type of platform that people are able to come on and you know, talk in a way that it really informs and it's not to sensationalize or to put forth an agenda, you know, that it's going to be self-serving. It's about what people have been experiencing, what they've learned, and also to help others to understand, you know, what they could face, you know, in the most unusual or sometimes normal circumstances. And, and there is help. I mean, Bill is out there every day on the front lines, you know, battling what's going on, you know, in the supernatural realm and just the evil that comes through, you know, with, with people, you know, being self-serving and, and being the type that are, you know, looking to get, rich quick or they're they're willing to be you know sacrifice other people for themselves you know that they are you know always on top and and bill is one of the most selfless 
people I've ever known. And, and we just are so grateful that we could be on the show with him tonight. And we just are thankful to you guys for having us on. And Chris, oh, do you like this? Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 no, just you pretty much covered yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Chris. <laughs> He's got me. Oh, I, I love hearing you guys. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I have a problem, you know, just, uh, just, but yeah, I, I'm just, we're, we're grateful you guys had us on again. It was uh, nice to have a, uh, mm-hmm. a three people program. That was, uh, yeah. that was really unique tonight. Yeah. 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 We'll have to have We're going to do more of these for sure. Yeah, exactly. Oh, absolutely. And Chris, we'll have to have you back on as well when when you get your book written. Yeah, we'll see when that happens. It's, it's, it's in the works, and uh, it, it's it's a little bit of a struggle because going back and reliving all the uh, uh, of what I'm writing about it was a it, it's going to be a, a book that's going to be set over a two year period. So trying to go back and relive those two years is a little bit tough. But um, oh, I bet some new events will come up too. You know, yeah, so who knows? So book four will do. Uh, <laughs> it'll be afterward of what's going on now with the, with the store and. Yeah. Current events and who knows where it might lead. Yeah. You know, but um, I, I'm excited to to put out uh, an individual story and see. But like I said, it's been a it's been a little bit tough for me because like it, it it's it wasn't a very happy time the two years. It started off pretty good, but uh, it, how it kind of just it just continued and then how it wow, ended yeah. was it just it was a, it was a uh, downward spiral. But I think it's a story that has to be told because it's going to really. I think kind of uh, open up some eyes into a whole nother kind of um, perspective of the uh, the supernatural and the paranormal and uh, everything else in between because there was a lot of stuff that happened in those two years. So we'll that, see how it goes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it's new to me because he yeah. didn't share a lot. Of a, this a lot of it I haven't shared with people. It's just it's very mm-hmm. personal to me. And uh, you know, as I'm putting it on paper, you know, my mom's uh, checking it out, and she's just <laughs> she's like, my my mind is blown. She's like, what I've what we've been through together and what we have written about and she's like this is this is far beyond mm. like anything uh, i've seen or heard so 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 hopefully that's why i i feel people are going to take from it to where it's just it's a whole new kind of uh like kind of explo- uh, explosive material and people are just going to go wow man that really sucks <laughs> <laughs> like that's just that's not even cool in, in like in any regards, but like I'm so happy you you were, you're here to tell your story about that. But like I think people are just gonna go, damn, like that really happened. Like yeah, it's it, 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 it's not a really happy story, but I mean, it's, it, you know, very powerful story nonetheless. So not all really have to be like you know happily ever after, and you know the prince and the princess are together. So, you know, but it, it, it's gonna be, I think. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be mind blowing and some of stuff. And I'm and I, as I'm been putting it down, it's just I'm like thinking back. And it's like wow, it's like so much. It's like how do I compile this into well, you know uh, of what I'm doing in in a, in a short book? So yeah, and you're, you're, and you're sure. working full time. I'm working. I'm working full time with a story of you know, fifty, sixty hours a week. So I do that and and then uh, yeah. whatever I have time. But like it, it, it's getting there. And I was I was kind of hoping that it would have been out this year, but it just it didn't work out that way. Mm. So. Maybe by a uh, maybe a Halloween release or something maybe next year. There you go. Yeah, nice and timely. Yeah, right. that was our running joke. You know, yeah. Edgar Casey <laughs> called. He wants his reputation back. Yeah, know? maybe maybe like an anniversary type right. deal of uh, right. uh, uh, supposed yeah. to be. So, 
All right, it's time for us to go. We got to end the show here, and I want to thank uh, Bill for coming on the show. We have to we have to get together again with you. Uh, have you back on as well? No doubt. And uh, no doubt about it. Thank all you guys. Yeah, it's been yeah. a great time. Well, everybody, uh, next week Shannon Leishman is going to be on Tuesday. Kathleen Warstein is going to be our guest on Wednesday. Tuesdays five to seven. Wednesday seven to nine. Right here on the L N M Radio Network. Good night, everybody. God bless. Take care, and uh, have a great week. Thanks, guys. Thank you all for listening. We love you all.